All right, welcome back. Apologies for that. I do believe that the line did drop on the other side. Jose Ferreira joining me on the line. Jose, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening, uh, Robert. Great to be back on your show. Thank you so much. Quicker than we would have ever expected, Jose, for you to come back. Uh, but obviously there is a purpose. You'd have heard the Emil Baron conversation that we would have had. Was there anything in that chat that was amiss? Yes, Robert. I, I uh, didn't get an opportunity to listen to the interview. I subsequently uh, got an audio recording of it, and I've listened to it. To it. Uh, that very same evening, the chairman of Bidvest Fritz, Mr. Alan Feynman, gave me a call. Obviously, he was a little concerned about what was stated around this issue with, with Emil Baron. And he asked me to, to obviously ask you to come on your show and just uh, clarify some misconceptions as to what actually transpired. Um, a lot of what Emil said was true, but there, there are misconceptions in the things that he conveyed to the public they had, the, the, on Wednesday evening. So let me first of all start off by telling you that, of course, Emil back in April 2013, I think it was, had that uh, sure. horrible injury uh, playing Orlando Pirates. And what followed, uh, as is the case with every other player, but this, that's we, we seek the very best medical treatment we can get for our players. Uh, I think that Emil was operated on within 48 hours on a fractured tibia. Um, and, a, and I don't want to go too much into medical terms because I'm not a, a medical expert, uh, but uh, there was a plate or a nail that was placed there, uh, which would allow him to, over a period of time, heal. Uh, and resume uh, his playing career. I think that it's very important at this point in, in time, Robert, to reiterate at a very important uh, part of this, and that is that Emil did not suffer a permanent disability injury. I think that as I go uh, along and explain this process, the, the fact that Emil did not, did not sustain a permanent disability injury is critically important to the outcome of this of this case. Uh, Emil was then required to follow a medical program uh, instituted by both the surgeon and our doctor at the time. And if you recall, Robert, our doctor at the time was Dr. Lee Pillay, who was probably one of the most eminent sports physicians in the country. We were very fortunate to have him as a club doctor. Um, And that program was put in place by uh, Dr. Lee Pillay and by uh, the surgeon that operated on Emil. Now, this stage, things get a little bit complicated, and they get a little bit complicated because Emil did not adhere to that program uh, and, and that medical program that was put in place. Um, he missed appointments, uh, both with Dr. Pillay, with the physios, and so forth, and so forth. The Were there reasons result, given for him missing those uh, appointments? I'm going to get to that in, in just a second, if you allow okay, me. Okay, uh, not a problem. Uh, um, and, and which will explain why the 200,000 rand that we gave to Emil was not given directly to him. Uh, but I'll get to that point in just a second. Uh, Emil did not follow those, that, that, that medical program the way he should have. The end result of that is that there was a sepsis, uh, which spread to the bone, as I understand it, even ultimately led to a degeneration of some form of degeneration of muscle tissue. And yet again, I apologize for any medical terms that I am using that might not be the appropriate ones. Um, the, the point being that as a result of that program not being followed, there was a deterioration of uh, Emil's uh, recovery. 
um, having the when it became clear that Emil, and I'm talking now six months down the line, uh, his contract with us has already expired. And whilst we are still uh, trying to assist Emil, as we did, uh, we the in, uh, the medical insurance company um, sent him for an independent assessment um, by their own physician, their own specialist, who concluded that the the what was stated already right at the beginning, eight months before, namely that that was not a permanent disability, but that there was a situation of sepsis, which had spread to the bone uh, and a degeneration of sorts of the muscle. Um, and hence the fact that the insurance company at this stage rejects the claim. You must understand that the insurance company will only pay a player uh, a payout if the player is permanently disabled. If the, if the player is able to resume his career, obviously, they will not make a payment. So, bearing in mind the fact that he did not incur a permanent disability injury at the time, bearing in mind the situation where he finds himself eight months later, after the insurance company's physician has also seen uh, Emil, we then started to put pressure, and I'm, when I say we, I mean the best fits, both on the PSL and on the insurance company to try and assist, to try and get him milled to get some form of compensation. Although, and today I still believe, the insurance company had no such obligation, considering that there was no permanent disability uh, injury situation here. And after months of protracted pressure, both on my part and on the part of the PSL, and there were people, important people within the PSL, that are asked to intervene with the insurance company and with the brokers. We were eventually uh, moved on from a 100,000 uh, proposal to a 200,000 rand proposal to a 300,000 rand proposal to a 400,000 rand proposal, which at the end the insurance company said, we are, we are prepared to give 400,000 rand uh, in full and final settlement. Uh, that 400,000 means, like you explained before, 200,000 rand for the club, for the, for, for, for the loss of a player that was an asset of the club, and 200,000 rand to uh, Emil Baron. At this stage, um, we were very concerned about Emil's private life. And as you know, the norm at our club, and, and I don't know any other club in South Africa, there may be other clubs in South Africa, but this fits always pays their portion of the compensation to the player directly, because we're talking about permanent disabilities. The same happens Correct. with Papi Fati. Right. Um, although Papi Fati ultimately re- refused the offer, mm-hmm. um, in this case, Simil accepted the offer, uh, signed the acceptance for the offer. Um, what we insisted on at that stage is that our 200,000 rand not to be paid directly to email because we were concerned about certain aspects, which I'm not prepared to discuss publicly with his own private life. So what we did at that point in time, out of that 200,000 rand that we were going to give Emil, we paid Nedbank, to whom he owed on his bond something like 90,000 rand. I negotiated it personally with the attorneys for the bank who were pressurizing to add his house repossessed. And we paid 90,000 rand immediately to the bank so that he wouldn't lose his own. There was also 
further instances where Emil would ask us for cash, which we refused. He wanted to fix his car. We paid uh, for the fixing of his car directly to the person or the company that fixed his car. We groceries, we insisted on buying the groceries and paying for those groceries ourselves because we knew that uh, Emil had two beautiful little children and we were concerned for their well-being. And we insisted on buying those groceries uh, uh, ourselves and delivering it on a monthly basis. So one of our staff would deliver those groceries to Emil. Uh, we gave him a small amount of cash every month, but very minimal. Obviously, the 200,000 rand eventually dried up. So I feel like everyone else in the country, like yourself, we, 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 we feel for Emil. We feel for Emil because Emil finds himself in a very, very difficult situation. But this difficult situation that Emil finds himself in is not from now. It dates back to the time of the injury. Now, subsequently, Emil went to the Players' Union, and that is a right and a right that we respect. The union contacted me sometime in August. They asked me about this email situation, which I explained to them verbally at the meeting between the PSL and the union when we were negotiating with the union. They approached me on email. I indicated to them that I was that we were open and transparent and we would welcome them to come to our offices and inspect all the paperwork relating to the situation. Uh, I, as you know, I have subsequently left the Dvestvitz and the union did meet with Jonathan Schloss where all the paperwork was shown to uh, the players' union. Now, all this to say what? Um, basically, like I've said to you, we all are very sympathetic to Emil's plight. Um, but that cannot mean, uh, uh, Robert, that every time... I mean, we, we seem to be a club in South Africa that people look to to always go the extra mile. And that's because we've created a reputation of doing so. And just this afternoon, I had a chat with uh, Mr. Alan Feynman, the chairman of Bitvestvitz, uh, who asked me to convey to you and, and, and to the public that we will, what we will be doing is that we will ask Emil to go to one of our specialist surgeons to assess his current uh, situation. Um, and we'll take it from there and we'll take a decision as to whether we will be paying for that surgery or not. But I think it's important to, to, to note, uh, uh, Robert, that we, we always seem to be going the extra mile and the questions that are asked of Bidvestvitz are not the same questions that are asked of other clubs. And maybe it's got to come to a, a time where Bidvestvitz is going to say enough is enough. Why are we as Bidvestvitz treated differently to other clubs because we go the extra mile? Um, we are doing this. Yes, Emil went on, on, on your program. And, and let me tell you that 90% of what he said in your program was true. He wasn't lying. Um, um, some of it was misconstrued because he didn't understand the, the, the insurance aspect of all this. Um, but some of it um, he, he failed to mention uh, why he got into the situation. So the, the, so the biggest failure, you would say, though, sorry to come in so that we, we try to get a bit of a balance and we don't lose track again, Jose. So you're saying that part of what he should have mentioned but omitted to mention is partly the fault that he should have borne and carried on his side. 
and that not everything was somebody else's fault. That's correct. Uh, um, because uh, we, we felt, but this, but felt that it, it might be seen uh, publicly that yet again another South African club, the PSL Insurance or whatever, or the PSL might have failed Emil. Nobody uh, failed Emil, uh, Robert. If anybody failed Emil, Emil failed himself. But notwithstanding all that, he's a wonderful human being. I know Emil very well. He was my player at Supersport United. He was my, I, I, I uh, add him at uh, Bidvestwitz as well. He's a wonderful human being. But Emil uh, is his own worst enemy at times. But notwithstanding that. Sure. What, what, was there anybody who, and, and, and again, this is not an attempt to try to get uh, Bidvestwitz to have gone the extra mile, and we do appreciate you coming forward to uh, give the clarity. We appreciate you going the extra, extra mile because you, you've given your share of 200,000 rand to him that you didn't have to. We also understand the fact that you're going to be taking him to your own specialist to have further either treatment or to be examined by your specialist. We do appreciate that. So what I'm asking is not, again, an attempt to try to get Budweiser to go the extra mile, but in knowing that there were additional problems, and you say they were of a personal nature that Emil had, and that is why you were reluctant to give him full amounts of money, you were reluctant to give him money to go buy groceries. You would rather do the groceries yourselves and give it to him in that form. So the, the the additional problem, I might be aware of it, um, and it's not something that you obviously have to divulge in a public space like this, and I do understand that again, Jose. But was there anybody, was he open to assistance being given to him in over in order to overcome the problem, and there was one bigger and biggest problem that he was encountering at the time, was there anybody who was able to assist him to overcome that problem? Uh, now you're asking me questions that I didn't want to go into, and, and, and I'd rather not to, save no. to say. Sure, save go ahead. Safe to save us, Robert. Uh, Emil was in a very difficult situation, and I'm not talking from a financial point of view yet. Uh, of course, from a financial point of view as well, because he's getting 400,000 rand, but that, he needs more than that going forward in his, in his life. Uh, with his own personal private problems, uh, all that I could do is urge him to take corrective action, as I did, as Coach Gavin Um did, as Jonathan Schloss did on numerous occasions. I can tell you now that Emil would shop at the office so often, and we would think that he would come be coming for 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 for, for um, uh, medical treatment or to see the doctor, and sometimes it was uh, or the physio. Um, but it was essentially looking for money. Um, and, 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 and I can tell you that there were numerous people at the club who, who gave him money out of their own pockets, not even but that's because we all knew that Emil is a special human being. We know that. You, you sit with Emil and within five seconds you empathize with the man. Um, what more could have done? Perhaps you're right, Robert. Maybe we could have done more. But I think that the problem at the time was a serious problem. Um, and, um, yes, maybe we should have done more uh, for Emil. Uh, maybe we should have. Did, it, did, did According to you, though, Jose, do you, do you know whether he went into any institution that specializes in, in assisting people that have that problem? I have no such knowledge. 
no such knowledge. Okay. But, but it became it became a problem, which um, how can I even put it? it? It became a problem that got bigger and bigger. To use you, you must a word colloquially, uh, you, you must understand, Robert, that uh, we're talking about an incident uh, that took place in 2013. Correct. Um, there was a period of time of let's say a year, a year and a half, where where, where Neil was present. Um, most of the time, um, coming to us asking for more money, uh, you needed to to get his car fixed, and we would have his car fixed, and so forth and so forth. Like the the, the claim from the bank, I mean, his house was about to be repossessed by by the attorneys for for the bank, uh, and we were there to assist him. But once that money dried up, uh, obviously we didn't see much of Emil. We didn't see much of Emil. Um, I, I want to give you an example that uh, whilst he was fit and playing for us, on, on, on a couple of occasions he came to me and he was quite disappointed with the fact that Lillestrøm, whilst he was at Lillestrøm, that they hadn't given him some form of a pension, uh, monthly pension uh, payout uh, like they had done for Glenn Salmon in Holland whilst Glenn Salmon had played in Holland. And, 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 and I was ready to assist Emil where, where I could, but you, you would ask Emil, Emil, give me the contact numbers for the people that I need to speak to, and I will try and assist. But like I said, Emil is, maybe because he's got such a soft heart, he's his own worst enemy. And, and, and I can only empathize with him, and, um, and I certainly, from my part, I, I can't tell you what, will the, what the outcome will be of this, of this doctor's visit with, with, with orthopedic, orthopedic surgeon, uh, um, what the outcome of that uh, appointment will be. But I know Bert Vest, I know my board, I know Alan Feynman, and these are good people. These are people that are human, and I know that they will do what they need to do to try and help uh, Emil Baron, the human being. There was an amount of about 3.7 million rand that he obviously thought that he would get a hold of, uh, Jose, that he thought that was uh, some money that was due to him on calculation of how, I mean, you know how these things are calculated. You've been there as a DC prosecutor, you've been there as a CEO, but there's a format or formula uh, that is applied uh, in terms of working out what a person is due. And and so in that interview, you'd have picked up that we spoke about an amount of about 3.7 million rand. So that amount, given what you said to us, is an amount that he'll never, ever get because he has flouted on his side what he should have been able to, to do. I repeat, first of all, I think that the 3.7 million rand is incorrect. I don't know if there are formulas with me or the amounts. Uh, it's not 3.7 million rand. To the best of my knowledge, I repeat, it's not 3.7 million rand. But most importantly, we were not dealing now with a permanent disability case. The insurance does not pay a player for temporary, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, a, perma- uh, a temporary situation, it will only pay for a permanent situation. What does happen uh, is that if a player gets injured and is injured over a long period of time under contract to a club, the insurance company will pay a portion of his salary to the club because the club still has the obligation to pay the player the salary. Um, so that's where the insurance comes in. Right. Insurance right. in terms of a permanent disability situation of a million rand or two million rand or three million rand or four million rand or whatever the amount is, 
will only take place if there's permanent disability, and this did not happen in this situation. Have you reached out to Emil? I have not reached out to Emil. I first I first received the call from uh, my chairman on uh, Wednesday night. Um, I had a discussion with him uh, this afternoon, Mr. Feynman, again, around Emil's situation. Uh, I'm conveying it, obviously, to you, but we will obviously take the necessary steps to contact Emil and uh, do what is necessary to try and assist him uh, in the situation. I take it that it, it worries you as much as it worries any human being, and I, I guess, and I appreciate the outpouring from the chairman himself that uh, you, you're able to reach out in the manner that you have now. I mean, it's a, it's an extraordinary situation, but there's also a, a very strong human and humanitarian side uh, to what you're doing now. It means that there is a level of concern, but also there's a corrective nature of how to do things and also there are lessons that can be learned in terms of how players themselves should and could conduct themselves better in a professional setup without a doubt i think there's, there, there are always lessons to be learned from these things and and uh emil is perhaps um a very good example of what not to do uh, because uh, I can assure you, Robert, that um, between clubs, uh, the PSL, uh, the PSL insurers, um, and they accommodated, just to give you the example of Emil, the, the insurance company did not have to make that payout, and yet it did. Um, and there are lessons to be learned, and, 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 and players must not take their careers so lightly. Uh, because Emil, I think, got injured. I speak subject to correction. Uh, at the time, he might, might have been 34. But as a goalkeeper, he could have had a career for another four years. Um, there was no need for his career to end at that point in time. He, is, he was one of the best goalkeepers we've ever, ever had in this country. Uh, I know that you share my sentiment on that. Uh, and it's all very sad. But unfortunately, it's something that we see repeatedly happen with our players in, in South Africa. And it seems that all these harsh lessons that come out, that players just don't listen. And they don't listen because they don't think it's going to happen to them. It only happens to the next guy. It never happens to you. When do we chat to Emil? I'll obviously uh, make contact with Emil, either myself or Jonathan yeah. Schloss. We'll, 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 we'll make that initial contact. And I can assure you that by sometime next week, uh, we will have our our very own uh, specialist surgeons who treat all our players, right. have a look at him, make an assessment, and we take it from there. But uh, we will do what is necessary to, to, to assist where we can. All right. Can we keep in touch as well, please, Jose? The the one thing that I got, again, because a lot of the listeners that listen to the show are, are, are extremely generous people. They, they heard the interview. I've seen the x-rays. I'm no medical person, but I... I know what is going on there, and that is why I was fearing the worst for him when we had the interview, was that I don't want a case in the end where a person's leg gets amputated uh, because neglect and because certain things have been let to be. So the, 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 the were offers that potentially something could happen, but there's nothing that has been 
set in stone. And I know that your appointment would be more set in stone, and that is why I'm asking if you don't mind that you keep us in the loop so that we can also share that information with our listeners. Not at all, not at all. I think that it's important that, that the public uh, know that because there's concern out there, uh, and I'm more than happy to share the progress uh, with you as we go along, uh, Robert. All right, Jose, thank you so much. Uh, we, we apologize for taking you out of retirement uh, from <laughs> active action at Bidvesvitz as a CEO to be answerable to uh, the call of duty here. Uh, but we do appreciate it. And once again, your transparency is something that we highly appreciate. Thank you very much. And uh, good evening to you and to your listeners, Robert. Thank you so much there, Jose Ferreira, uh, former CEO of Bidvesvitz, uh, coming forward and, uh, you know, stating... Very, very clear their side and what he believes uh, they needed to put forward. The chairman of Bidvesvitz was listening to the show on Wednesday and um, obviously picked up on a few things that needed to be corrected. And uh, we, we certainly have done that. Uh, Edward Tambor on Twitter says, just listen to the show talking to the former Vitz CEO, Jose Ferrer, and I think... I might have jumped the gun and blamed soccer bosses. Yeah, I apologize to all the people who might have retweeted my my post. Sorry, guys, I'm only human, and, and that is why I, I guess it's always important that we we do get a balance. And when people do come forward, and and remember when we had the interview, it was in no way a Bidvesvitz bashing session. It was hey Emil, here you are, tell your story, and if the story does involve Vitz and Vitz feel somehow that they need to respond will always provide that opportunity all right the guys at Joburg will tell me if we need to go for a break or not um otherwise otherwise my guest is 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 ready for action this side around he is in studio i don't know why how does a person get addicted like Lionel messi gets addicted to one club for the rest of his career hey one team one team wonder Sitting right in front of me here, after the break, we chat to our legend.